0: Good morning, everyone. I think it's probably from time immemorial that the church has read this gospel on this second Sunday of Easter, gospel of doubting Thomas putting his finger in our Lord's side. But since the year 2000, we have celebrated this second Sunday of Easter as Divine Mercy Sunday. And a great way to focus much more on our Lord and his mercy than on this passage of Doubting Thomas. And so the challenge is, I'd like to present to us today, is how can we sort of connect both of them together? This meaning of the second Sunday of Easter focused on Doubting Thomas and his Easter faith and on the meaning of divine mercy, which, of course, has its roots in the divine mercy apparitions to the Polish nun, St. Faustina Kowalska. Well, if we look at the Gospel of Thomas, what is the central issue? It is that Thomas has a difficult time in believing the resurrection. Now, he knows Jesus. He was with him for three years. He saw his miracles. He heard his predictions of his resurrection. Also, he heard the testimony of the women and the apostles who said they saw Jesus. We hear it in today's gospel. But yet, he still has a difficult time believing it's true, believing it's real. And so in order for him to believe, he has to have that direct experience of putting his hand in our Lord's side. And so when it comes to divine mercy, the connection, it seems, is that so often we are like Doubting Thomas. We may not have a difficult time in believing the resurrection, but we have a difficult time believing and really accepting God the Father's forgiveness. we heard about it. We know that we see it in Scripture. Jesus talks about it. We have the Feast of Divine Mercy. We're told the Lord will forgive whatever sin we have. There's no sin too big. But deep down, so many of us have a hard time believing it's really true. If not having a hard time believing it's true, at least having a hard time accepting it. And I've seen this in so many people, whether it be through counseling or confession. They believe it intellectually, they know the story, they've heard it all, but actually believing it's true in their life that the Lord could forgive their sins completely is something very, very difficult. Why is this? And so, what I want to do is have recourse to the writings of Father Henry Nowen, who many of you may know, who wrote about 28, 29 years ago a very famous book called The Return of the Prodigal Son where he talks about and sort of reflects on Rembrandt's beautiful painting of the return of the prodigal son. And in this one section, he gives three reasons. Three reasons why we often have a hard time believing in and accepting the Lord's mercy in our own lives. One, he says, is that sometimes we want to prove to God that our sins are too big to overcome. I hear this a lot. Oh, there's no way God can forgive me. I've done so many bad things. Or people joke and say, oh, Father, you're going to have to pass out when you hear my confession. People think that their sins are so big. It's almost like a challenge to God that he can't do it. That he doesn't have the power to do so because our sins are too big. Almost like we're trying to prove something to God. Number two, and I think this is very important, he mentions that quite often we resist believing in the Lord's mercy or receiving the mercy because we want to maintain control. By saying that we're sorry, by giving up our sins, by receiving forgiveness, what we're ultimately doing is giving control to the Father. You're in control. You're the one who has the power to forgive. You're the one who takes charge. And as we talked about during the course of the Triduum, this can be very difficult. And third and finally, and this is the one that he really hones in on, is that so often we want to be the hired servant, and we do not want to be the son. And this is the way he goes back to that parable of the return of the prodigal son. Remember, the prodigal son is the one who goes and receives the Father's mercy. And as a result, he gets the ring and the robe and the party and welcome back into the house. But when you are the son, there's certain ways you gotta behave. You gotta be appreciative of the, the Father's mercy. You gotta live a certain way, you gotta fulfill what you're called to be. But if you stay the hired servant, you can still rebel, you can still complain, you can still gripe, you can still revolt. But the one who is the son, has to start living in a new way. And quite often that is the real reason that we reject the Lord's forgiveness. We say he can't forgive us because we are afraid of living like the Son. But the truth is, Christ is willing to come to us in our own doubt in regards to the power of the Lord's forgiveness in the same way he was to Thomas in his doubt about the resurrection. He is willing to allow us to experience it in a real way, not just intellectually, but to be able to put our fingers inside, to experience it in a real, concrete, incarnational way. And the way he does it is through the sacrament of confession. Because it's in the sacrament of confession that he sort of puts flesh on forgiveness. He gives a body to mercy. Where it's not just this abstract thing that we all hope God's forgiven us, but we hear the words of the priest. We're forgiven of our sins, and we can walk away in great confidence in that. And that's why I think there's sort of a connection in today's gospel. It's the beginning of the gospel that Jesus breathes the Spirit on the apostles and says, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained and that's the power of confession is given to the apostles and it's right after that that thomas doubts and right after that in a certain sense like the first confession jesus appears to thomas and forgives him for his doubt by allowing him to touch and experience his risen body and to receive his mercy and so in the same way in confession we get to encounter in a real, incarnational, human and divine way, the mercy of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And like Thomas, it might be sort of frightening. All of a sudden, we're gonna wait for Jesus to walk through that door. It might freak us out. And indeed, he can freak us out, thinking we're gonna walk into that confessional. What is Father gonna think? What am I gonna say? How am I gonna live through this encounter? But of course, just like Thomas, that encounter transforms him. His faith grows. And I've seen it so often in people who come to confession, particularly after they've been away from a long, for a long time. The encounter with the Lord's mercy can be truly transformational. So I'm sure a lot of you know we hear confessions here during the course of the Triduum. It was this year, it was me, Father Pelse, Father Champlain, and a couple of other priests. So over the course of those three days, you sort of counted it up, we estimate that amongst us we heard 390 confessions. Uh, there may have been some big ones. But I can tell you a lot of people were pretty excited to receive God's mercy because they had such a long line of probably gave them two confessions and told them to leave. They didn't have to listen to me tell them anything. It may have been the case, I don't know. But still, a lot of rejoicing in the mercy of the Lord, of that encounter with Jesus. So that is my... Suggesting to you my encouragement on this Divine Mercy Sunday where we believe that the floodgates of mercy are open even more than usual to avail yourself today or this Easter season of that encounter with Christ's mercy. Whatever fear, doubt, hesitance we have about the ability of the Lord to forgive us, put that to your side and come and put our fingers in the Lord's side and experience His Divine Mercy. Amen.